welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas across the state. You can also check us out at hitthatline.com where we have all types of great content, interviews, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. We're going to get into a lot of your Twitter questions that you asked me. You guys have been fantastic about this, and I want to keep that going and some of the questions that you'll have, so I'll answer those. We'll also get into a little bit of college basketball and why Arkansas seems to care more about the LSU game than LSU themselves. We'll get to that here in just a second, but first, got to tell you, we all love a night out. We all love going to events, whether it's sports, whether it's concerts, whether it's shows, whatever it is, Vivid Seats is the way to go because it'll give us and get us to the great event of our choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to, and you can sort them all by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer as Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all download the app and enter promo code locked on for orders $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of vivid seats make that memory that lasts a lifetime and let vivid seats help you get to your favorite live event so Arkansas and LSU, of course, is going on this weekend, and we're actually going to be joined by Ross Dellinger, who writes for SI.com, who covers LSU and has covered LSU for quite some time tomorrow on the podcast. So looking forward to that. But, you know, something that we discussed a little bit on the morning rush and something that we've discussed, at least I have at least, with a lot of different people, a lot of different Razorback fans, LSU fans and all of that is discussing of why Arkansas cares more about this game against LSU than LSU themselves. Now, I think when that question is asked, the main thing to keep focus on and to understand that this is not a question of saying that LSU does not care about winning a college football game. Because if you're a program like LSU, and if you're a coach like Ed Orgeron or what Les Miles was or what Nick Saban was before that, you're all about getting wins. You're all about winning the guy in front of you against the team in front of you. And you're also about winning the SEC. And since Arkansas is in the SEC, you always care about winning that game. But there's something special and there's something unique about what the Arkansas Razorbacks are able to do when they play out of their minds, when they go up against the LSU Tigers so many different times in the past 10, 15 years. There's just something special about it. And I think a lot of the reasons have to do with the fact that you see Arkansas as the typical underdog when they normally play LSU. There's no doubt to me that LSU is the second best SEC program in the past 10 years besides Alabama, which is crazy to think because they actually have not won a national title since 07, but just the consistency that they've had, the amount of great players that they've had, the amount of great teams and great games that they've had, they're definitely up there and being worthy of being in the next two or three behind Alabama and the SEC. So when you're an Arkansas team and you know that you're always going to be going up against a program like that, it's going to have you play a little more above yourselves, especially when the fact that this has been inserted as a quote-unquote rivalry. Now, it's really unfortunate that this is even called a rivalry because it's not a rivalry. It has a trophy. 
It has the golden boot, which I think is at least unique. It's it's just something, though, that was made up by my man David Basil and a lot of other people that were involved to try to get some type of excitement revolving around the Arkansas-LSU game when they both had to play each other at the end of the season to give some type of notoriety among a game where all these other games in the SEC were considered true rivals, whether it was the Iron Bowl or the Egg Bowl. Maybe it was South Carolina and Clemson, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, whatever it may be. Arkansas and LSU were kind of left out in the cold, so they created it hoping that it would catch on. And I think by doing that, even though I don't believe it's your traditional type of rivalry, it's still a game that Arkansas fans at least kept building on and kept looking at and saying, yeah, yeah, we we want this game. We want that boot. We want to keep that boot. And I think a lot of that also had to do with the fact that there were games many times, especially in the early to mid-2000s, that had consequence, dire consequences in some cases. Arkansas and LSU many times would play for the SEC West title. And it's amazing to think back during a time where that was the case, where essentially you had two teams in Arkansas and LSU competing in the final game of the year where the winner took home the SEC West crown and went on to play in Atlanta. That's amazing. And it shows you how long it's been and how much of this conference has changed. But you add that fact and also into the fact that you had issues, <laughs> I should say, with uh, the inconsistencies of Houston Nuts football teams where LSU would be the one game in your way where you felt like you were a better team than LSU, but for whatever reason, Houston Nutt and the Razorbacks would really underperform against them like they did in 1999. And that game right there is kind of what kicked off the Nick Saban era because Gary DiNardo, I believe I get his name right, was then fired and then Nick Saban was brought in. So it's a matter of a chain of events and things that have all happened there too. But the, having the games a consequence and having Arkansas going up against a team and a program like LSU that was able to compete at the highest level at the end of the season, it always gave you the feel of a rivalry game. Even though it wasn't, it was a feel of it. Because you looked around the conference, you looked around everybody else around you, and they were all having big games that meant a lot to them. Well, if you add in a game that means a lot to you, and you add in the fact that it's a game of consequence, and you add into the fact it's the end of the year, it builds over time, year after year. And it starts to really be a game that people care about in the most of ways. And also, I think when Arkansas started getting into the Louisiana side of things and recruiting and getting a bunch of players from that state, that's when a lot of other people started opening their eyes and those players who felt like they may have been slighted by LSU where they didn't get a scholarship offer, they weren't recruited highly enough or hard enough by the Tigers, that they had a little chip on their shoulder of what they wanted to do against LSU and kind of paying back saying, saying something to the extent of, hey, told you so, you should have recruited me. I was better than what the other guys that you came in, but the fact that we got the victory against you meant the most. So this series has not only had a lot of back and forth games where Arkansas has had a lot of success, but the games themselves have been really close too. So all of these things going together and all of the Razorback fans that hate LSU, that want to see LSU fail, that wants to have Arkansas beat them every single time, it's changed a little bit because I honestly believe, folks, that if Arkansas and LSU never started playing each other at the end of the year, it would not have near, near the animosity or the importance of winning this game that it has in years to come. So I think that it's not a bad thing. 
I think that Razorback fans see that as as an awesome thing, and, I, and you should. But I'm just being realistic about it, of, of the fact that since the game has been at the end of the year, it's cared a lot more for Arkansas because they didn't have the rival. They didn't have anybody to replace their hatred with. Where LSU, they hated Ole Miss more. They hated Alabama more. They even had some deals with Florida since that's their permanent East opponent. So they had other teams that were higher on their priority list of hatred, and Arkansas just wasn't one of them. But the great thing about this whole deal and all the things that I just said is that if you are Arkansas, you're a team like Arkansas. That's what, in some cases, can put you in a position to win these games. These games against LSU, where you have no business winning. Where the other team is more talented, the coach may be better, the program may be better, the culture may be better, the fan base may be bigger, all of those things. But it gives you a puncher's chance because you want it more. And I don't care what sporting event you're playing. No matter what, especially a game that requires so much emotion like football, it's one of those sports that you have to look at and you have to say, I want this game more and I'm going to go out and I'm going to take it. And that's what makes Arkansas a dangerous team, not only in this game year after year, but in this game on Saturday against the Tigers. Arkansas's had a bye week. They have nothing to lose at this point. They don't have to. They're not have to worry about going to a bowl game. They're not going to a bowl game. They don't have to worry about making anybody happy, making sure certain players play. They don't have to worry about that. What do they have to lose? What do they have to gain? Pretty much everything. The pressure is on LSU in this game. The pressure is on LSU to take care of business against Arkansas. And if they don't, and Arkansas ends up looking really good, looking competitive and dare I say even win this game, what's that going to mean for Eddie O? What's that going to mean for LSU? What could it mean for Chad Morris in Arkansas? It's fun to dream. It's fun to imagine. And it's fun to talk about. But reality's got to set in at some point. I'll never say never that Arkansas can't win this game. But they certainly don't have any advantage across the board. So where's it going to come from? The team that wants it more. And as history has proven many times, that team is Arkansas. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we're going to get into some of your Twitter questions here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast in just a second. But first, though, folks, since college football is still going on and college basketball is starting to kick up and tip off, kick off, tip whatever, you know what I'm talking about. All those things are going on with the great sporting world. So if you're going to watch those games, you got to do it with Sling TV. It's the easiest and best way to watch college football, college basketball and everything. And what's great about it is you don't have to worry about having a bunch of channels that you don't care about, that you don't want ever want to watch. You pay for what you want. And for $30 a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12, and SEC networks, and even more for just the low price of $30 a month. You can stream it on your big screen TV as well as your favorite mobile devices. And Sling TV gives you the live TV that you love only better with no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV today, folks. This is just an exclusive offer for you Locked On listeners. You get a seven-day free trial. 
by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's right. S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on. Go to that website. Try it out for seven days. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think because, hey, if yours experience is as good as mine, you'll know that you made the right decision by going with Sling TV. All right, just a few questions from all you Twitter heads out there. The first one comes from Hogeye. He says, should Arkansas hate LSU more than any other school in the SEC? This kind of goes back to the whole rivalry thing, doesn't it? But I like how you worded it, Hogeye, of should Arkansas hate LSU more? You know, I mean, that's up to the Razorback fans. I don't know who you should hate more. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, hate's a strong word. No, hey, hatred exists in college football for teams. Don't hate players. Don't hate coaches. Hate teams. Hate ideas. Hate the logo. That's what you got to hate. So, if I, I don't think it should be LSU more than any other school. I still believe, and I will keep saying this until the cows come home, that Arkansas and Texas A&M should be the two teams that have the rival. I believe that in just in my Razorback fandom growing up, I hate Texas A&M more than any other school in the SEC, just by and large. There's been reasons why I've hated Ole Miss. Houston Nutt being there was one of them. Um, and, you know, Hugh Freeze I wasn't a big fan of. So there's reasons I hated them. There were reasons I didn't like Auburn with Cam Newton. There were reasons I didn't like, you know, whoever. I mean, there, there's, there's just a bunch of things that have gone on with a bunch of programs in the SEC where I just don't like them for random reasons, but it usually comes and goes. But Texas A&M, I think, is something that's historical that the old heads can hate. I think it's the recent, because of the whole Johnny Manziel deal, that people can hate them for that. Uh, I think the people can hate them for how weird they are and the cult that they're in and, and you know, all the problems that that presents. I think that there's a lot of good reasons why you can hate A&M. But LSU, and this could just be me, folks, so if you're different from me, that's fine. But I have never really had any animosity towards LSU. I don't care for them. It's not that I like them or that I root for them. But I liked Les Miles. I thought Les Miles was a good coach. I thought he was a funny coach. I thought he was a coach that I'd like to play for if I was a college football player. And as you could see with what he was able to do consistently, he was one of the better head coaches you'd ever see at LSU. So when I see that, I think that that's – that's fine. I don't, I don't like, I don't, and in fact, I would even say that I like Eddie O more than I do Les Miles. Ed Orgeron's awesome. I hope that guy does well, except when he plays Arkansas, but I hope he does really well. And there hasn't really been any players that I've hated from LSU. I know some people will probably bring up the Honey Badger, but I just thought that that guy was an idiot. I didn't hate him or anything. He didn't give me a reason to just uh, crap on him all the time. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in this. Maybe I'm in the minority. But I've never have truly had those issues or any issues with LSU. Maybe with their fans. Some people have had run-ins with them. But as far as if you should hate them more than any other SEC school, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that you should have to worry about that. So just saying. All right, the next one, next one comes from Tyler. He says, if Chad Morris beats LSU, should we start to believe that he can win at a high level? Oh, um, no, because I think that would be a prisoner of the moment type deal because if that was the case did you believe Brett Bielma could win on a high level because he beat LSU that one year now granted this is a better LSU team than what they had then but no I don't think you can go that far but I think that you can at least come out and say you know what Chad Morris he's starting to build something you, you gain a little trust in him just what, what he's able to do on the field with developing with getting guys ready I think that that's at least something to be said 
But as far as just saying, oh, my, now, now we can go and we can start beating all these other teams and all that, that's a little extreme. But it, it would be a great feeling. And it would be a, a feeling that you will take to the bank. And if you're a Razorback fan, I mean, just imagine if you win this game against LSU. I mean, just think about it. How would you feel about everything? How would you feel about Chad Morris? How would you feel about the season in general? How would you feel about what you would be able to do next season if you're able to beat LSU? Send the seniors out on a high note. I mean, all that stuff. I think it'd be fantastic. And if they won this game, Chad Morris would deserve a lot of credit. And I think that he would deserve a lot of high praise for many different reasons. But you know that one would definitely be one, and it'd be a feather in his cap in so many words. I wouldn't want to make the comparisons to Bobby Petrino's first year because of the timing of it, but it would certainly have the feel of Arkansas beating LSU in 2008 like they would in 2018. Hey, 10 years later, folks, it was 10 years ago when Bobby Petrino was first head coach of Arkansas. Now you have Chad Morris, uh, first-year head coach of Arkansas. Maybe, just maybe, they could have the miracle on stadium. Miracle on Razorback? Miracle on Maple. That's not really on Maple, but it's close. Miracle on Maple. There you go. Maybe you can have one of those games. Ty Story throws it into the end zone to... I don't even know what wide receiver they throw it to. Um, Michael Woods. We'll just go with Michael Woods. Touchdown, Arkansas. Yay, they win. And everybody goes crazy. So, it would be a great deal, but I don't know if you could uh, start hopping on the train and saying that Chad Morris is now, now Chad Morris is really going to get it going at a high level. All right, and finally, this one comes from James. He says, do you take issue with Will Muschamp not talking not talking with his players about the midterm election? I think that's what you're asking, James. Uh, no, I do not take issue. And for those of you who uh, didn't hear, I wish I could add the audio for it. But uh, basically, Will Muschamp, the head coach of South Carolina, he was asked a, a question about did he talk to his players about the in the midterm election, and he kind of really didn't say anything. And uh, the guys, the reporter says, well, did you even know there's election tomorrow? And he goes, I do now, but my focus is on Florida. And people are criticizing him for this. Listen, I have no problem at all with a head football coach of a major university not talking to his players about a midterm election. If he wants to do that, that's fine. If he doesn't want to do that, that's fine. But to have this holier-than-thou mentality of how dare you, how dare you not talk to your players about something so important. Is every election not important? Why have all of a sudden it's become something that coaches need to discuss with their players? The reason is is because of the political co- climate that we're in, and now all of a sudden people think like they have to talk about it. They have to talk about it with their players, and if you don't, you're a bad person. You're not enlightening them. They're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, sometimes 23-year-old kids, young men, adults, who can exercise their right to vote. If they want to go out and they want to vote for some issues, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. That's their right. And I don't think it's Will Muschamp's job, or any head coach for that reason, for that matter, to go out and say, you know what, let me sit you down. Instead of breaking down our game film for Florida, we're going to spend an hour on the election. No. No, that's... That's not what he has to do. If, again, if he wants to do that, that's fine. But if he doesn't want to do it, that's fine. 
But I, I get sick and tired of it having to be on one side or the other. You're either a bad person on one side or you're a whor- or you're a good person on the other. That's a stupid way to live in society, and that's how we've become. And I hear all these moronic media members that come out saying that this is so important, you have to do this. No, you don't. All right? No, you don't. Go out and do what you want to do when it comes to political topics, when it comes to elections. Do what you want to do. No one is in charge or making sure of you have to do certain things or think a certain way. You're all adults. You all have brains. You all have ways of thinking. Do it yourself. And don't listen to anybody else. Not even me. Well, maybe to me just a little bit, but not totally when it comes to politics. Think for yourselves, and I think that's all I'm asking. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You know, a little college basketball, i got to bring it up. You know, the opening games for college basketball were fantastic, or at least the uh, on paper and the hype that was going into them. But the big game, of course, was Duke versus Kentucky. I mean, what can be better than that? Duke versus Kentucky. Blue versus blue. And it's it was such a game that didn't get started until like 9 p.m. because of the doubleheader. It was it was brutal, especially for us to have to wake up that early. But either way, Duke comes in and absolutely obliterates the Kentucky Wildcats, destroys them, was not even close. 34-point victory, Duke over Kentucky. Now, a lot of this probably has to do with the fact that Duke is just that good. They're on another level. They got Zion Williamson, who's just amazing. So it probably has a lot to do with that, and that's fine, and I'll accept that. But there is nothing, and I mean nothing, more satisfying, more liberating, more joyous than seeing John Calipari and his Kentucky Wildcats get donkey punched, especially by a team that they think that they share just as good, if not as better than most of the cases when it comes to Duke. Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils are the class of college basketball, and the Kentucky Wildcat program is just trying to find ways to mimic them, and they can't even get close. They can't. They're the poor man's Duke Blue Devils. And it was so nice to see that. So nice to see the look on Calipari's face. And it's so great to see Kentucky fans already in meltdown mode due to a poor performance there in the opening game. Well, appreciate everybody listening in today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. We're also on Spotify. You can also get after me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great night, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.